Hi everyone, Chris McGee here, and this is episode number three. We are still listening to the voices of the math students in my management class. They have questions, 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 and maybe you have the same questions. So Mrs. Mulliken is back with me. Say hi, Terry. Hi. <laughs> um, she's back because we're going to continue to give the perspective of primary. Terry taught kindergarten or has taught kindergarten for 32 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I lived in the intermediate world for more than half of my career, my 30-year career. So we're going to get right into it because we want to keep these podcasts short. So we're going to try to get through two or three questions today. Yeah. They're very similar. That's one thing that we're finding that um, it really is that common denominator of relationships. Yes. Yes. Got to have relationships. But today's questions are a little harder because what if you're not in there, but a one day pass as a substitute? So first question, what do you do when you haven't had time to create any sort of relationship with students and they are being disruptive when they should be working on an assignment? This is something that has happened during substitute teaching. I know it will be different when it is my classroom and I'm not walking into another teacher's room or environment. I also feel I should mention that this was a middle school class full of eighth graders. Mrs. Mulliken, eighth graders. Ah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So what is your, I'm here for a day. What should you do? Well, you know, when you were reading that question again, um, it made me think that, you know, start the day with a class meeting. Start yes. start your day with a class meeting. Get the yeah, kids brilliant. around you and talk about what they're doing, what they're expecting with a substitute. Um, you know, what Love kind it. of work they've been doing. Kind of let them have a little bit of control over mm-hmm. how the day goes. And that Voice. probably will help you a lot in the long run. You are brilliant. I knew you were brilliant, but I mean, we talk about class meetings all the time in our own classrooms with our students. Yeah. But you know what? Having that, and we, we also talked about having like a bag of tricks. Yes. And once you've been out subbing, and I feel like that's just your, you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you're in there, it's survival. It right. really is survival. And trying to get something accomplished, but both you and I agree. We know when we write those sub plans, we just hope maybe one or two things <laughs> will get accomplished. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't be afraid. Like, bring books with you that yes. you love and do a read aloud. You can do picture book read alouds to eighth graders. You can do anything or let them, if they have books and they want you to read aloud, read one that they're doing. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to worry about getting every single thing done in that lesson plan. It really is about just managing the it's, kids that yes. day. And I, I agree, you know, and taking um, some of your favorites and also knowing the clientele that you're going to be working with. Yes. So I would throw some Jason Reynolds books in my book bag mm-hmm. that I would take in and maybe you just read the first chapter to hook them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd be surprised and don't feel like you should capture all 36 kids because right. you're not going to. But if you've got, if you got one, how great is that? That's amazing. That would be yeah. cool. So um, we talked about um, the go-to ideas. You know what I think of? Yeah. I think of um, Sandy Gephardt. Yes. Bless yes. her heart. She used to come in. She literally had a book bag. I, she did. And she, she did. had that little um, pre-created uh, brain break. Yes. She would smack up with a magnet <laughs> on the chalkboard. And when the kids were just getting to be too much, she took a step back. Yes. So what do you guys have now? Go Noodle and all yes, that Yes, we have stuff. Go Noodle and all that. And she uh, subbed for me one time. And I'm not sure that I would recommend this, but it's a little <laughs> funny. She took my lesson plans and taught them all backwards. Oh, 
that's how she got through her day. She started at the end and taught my lesson plans backwards. It kept the kids on their toes. Oh my gosh, yes. It kept them guessing a little bit about what was going to happen next. It was fun, and she got through the day doing oh my that. Gosh. So I, I forgot about that till that just till just in my moment. Head. Well, that's yes. awesome. All right, so that's our first question. I want to watch our time. Yes. So I'm going to go to the next question. What does a teacher do when a student is removed from the classroom for behavior, sent to the office, and then is brought back to the classroom an hour later and continues the disruptive and unsafe behaviors? How is someone supposed to manage the student while trying to teach 20 other students? I feel like this is the million dollar it's question. It's a million dollar question. If only I had the, the answer, <laughs> the, the magic it's wand that could make this go away it, because yeah. all teachers no matter how long you've been teaching have right. this same exact question um, I know that you can when you're a teacher you can request that the child is not brought back to you until you have a meeting you can request a meeting with admin and the child to discuss ex expectations when the child comes back thank goodness and that's you know that sounds good in theory it's not always 100 percent possible though because schedules and yeah. you know so much happens but you definitely are allowed to request that so if this happens over and over and over again right you can definitely request that meeting and um document every time that you're yes. asking for it yes and if you got it or whether you didn't. it happens or it doesn't right. when the child comes in what I try to do now is have whoever's bringing the child back to my classroom principal assistant principal whoever it may be I say I need two or three minutes with that child let right. them teach and I stand out in the hall with that child and say hey here's what happened here's what's going to happen moving forward right you know and we work together to try to make a make some kind of a plan. Sometimes it works and sometimes, sometimes it, doesn't. it doesn't. And sometimes right. you just need to call again. And you know, I want to um, also piggyback on in our last episode, we talked about creating that camaraderie among your team. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, I did the same. And um, <laughs> I can very vividly remember uh, needing to remove a student while I was teaching. She was just so disruptive mm -hmm. and we had this agreement on my team like we literally were across the hall from one another so when my student was just not able to function and I didn't want to call the office because it really wasn't that bad it was just I needed to give her a timeout and so one time I <laughs> I took all of her books and I marched across the hall and I ran into Katie Carball's classroom and I flew I like put her books down, wham, and I'm like, is it going to be a problem if she stays in here with you, and bless her heart, she just looked at me, and she was like, no, it's fine, and I look in the back of the room, and the principal is observing her, oh, and I said, no. is it going to be a problem if she stays, and the principal was just like, oh no, oh, she's welcome, great, and oh, I'm out. I back oh, my to my goodness. classroom, I went, and I thought, you know what, I felt awful, because I, I jumped into Katie's observation, um, but at the same time, it was the reality that our principal it's needed to see how we work together and how when we don't just call admin, we are trying to problem solve and we just, that sometimes the kids just needed a timeout. Right. And now that bubbles to the top of my head. I used to have um, a tablet where, or no, a little folder where we had all of these inspirational quotes and my kids sometimes would give themselves a timeout when mm -hmm. they felt like they were getting too jacked up. Mm -hmm. And they would go over to that little space, they would open up that inspirational quote book and they just started copying them or tracing them or doodling mm -hmm. about them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have to monitor that. Right. But 
if you really introduce it and you really practice it the, the way that you want it to serve its purpose, right? That really worked yeah. in yeah. my classroom too. So, yeah. you know, just giving them a place where they can kind of have, we call it a hot spot where you could kind of go and yeah. decompress. And we have a calm down corner. Well, there you go. So in the calm down corner, <laughs> in my calm down corner, there's a couple stuffed animals. I mean, my, I have kindergartners. There's a couple of right. those um, calm down jars where it has the glitter and things in it and they can just sit and watch it go down I to the bottom. I need one. I need the little sand, right? Yeah. The little sand that you can comb. There's sand I that you can that. make in. <laughs> and then I have some timers, some of the sand timers. Mm -hmm. And so, so that it doesn't become a place where they go for a long, long right, time. Hang out. We just flip the timer and they get that much time to kind of calm That's down good. and then come back. So love it. That really works. All right. So for the last question for this episode, trying to be mindful of our time, this question says, I am terrified of becoming overwhelmed by group behaviors and losing air quotes control of the classroom. I know that relationship building with the class as a whole and promoting a classroom family environment is useful but I'm interested in tangible whole group management strategies for transitions and direct teaching time. So we talked, we had the same philosophy on this one. Yes. Yes. Well, beginning by model, 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 yep, you need yep, yep. to model. You cannot assume that kids really in any behave. grade level know how to behave. There's a very different uh, way set of rules for mm -hmm. them to behave at home and at school so it's important to model exactly what you expect I mean in kindergarten we literally model how you get up off the carpet and walk yep. to the bathroom we did in the primary and the, in I mean, the intermediate, intermediate too. too oh my gosh I mean, yes exactly how you're allowed to sit on the carpet <laughs> how you put your journal away how yep. you go to your cubby to hang up your coat every little thing you have to model and show them you can show this is what it looks like so I'll say to my kids the Y charts yeah right? the Y chart what it looks charts. like what it sounds like and, it feels and like. what it feels like <laughs> and I'll say to my kids you know we're going you're going to independent reading what is that going to look like and they they know they say eyes on the book fingers yep. pointing to the words whatever it is and I think that's so important if I you want too. them to follow your rules you can't assume that they know your rules no and the thing is too um, most of my students when they get their teaching job they feel pressure in that first month mm -hmm. to be having like full-on rotations and guided reading and all of this and I have said over and over again that first month or longer yes needs to be time out if you're in the middle of a lesson and somebody is not doing what they need to do at a station or a center mm -hmm. you go back to that Y chart that you created and you say okay what's happening here that's working and what's not where's right. where's it breaking down right and I mean it's worth the time that you invest those first four to six weeks yeah. because then the rest of the year is so much smoother saves, and you can teach yeah it saves you so much time oh in gosh. the long run because i mean i know teachers who are still yeah, still fighting right? it's almost uh you know we're almost halfway through the school year yep. and they are still fighting that battle right and it's just it's just not necessary to do mm -hmm. that but i feel for the first year teachers yeah, because too. they get that pressure so that's when we would lean back on what we said in episode two to seek out you know their advocates within their building mm -hmm. so their team leader could be that person or just mm -hmm. anyone on their team it mm -hmm. might be their association rep mm -hmm. um, but someone who would be willing to support the fact that they need more time yeah, you absolutely. know it goes with our wonderful word of yet mm -hmm. like my students aren't ready to do guided groups yet. yet so um but kind of back to this question like mm -hmm. what are some of those tangible things and we talked about you know the importance of modeling and you have those charts and you pause and you do it 
But they, this question wants to know, what are those things you do if it goes awry, if right. kids start fading from you? So right. you and I have a few We ideas. do not like the... I am not Although, about... Yeah, it works for some people. It, it does. And you have to do... That's, the, that's, that's just the it. Thing. You have to do what works for you. And my model is less is more when it mm -hmm. comes to this. I know that if you, there are charts that oh have gosh. a million different callbacks, kids callbacks, those kinds of things. And mine, too much. mine is freeze. Done. Freeze. We practice <laughs> it. They put their hands on their head. Eyes go on me no matter what they're doing. If noise yep. level in my room is getting a little bit too too loud, I say freeze. Everybody me looks too at when me. I'm in reading. I yes. freeze and put my hands on the head. Yes. Everybody freezes and <laughs> puts their hands on their head. But you have to have one thing that the kids, because if you have too many things, it's just too they much. can't keep track of it. And then it becomes more like a game in my opinion. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then even like walking in the hall, hips, pick one. Hips and lips. Some people have a chant that they say before they go into the hall. Okay. Hips and lips in the hall. Walk like you're a walk like a marshmallow. <laughs> soft feet. Um, put a bubble. a bubble in it. Those are all ones that you can use. Exactly. Uh, yeah. When my kids walk in the hall, I give my kids a little bit of leeway in the hall, and I say, "Do what works for you." And we've okay. talked about a few of those things, and and they do that. Right. They have a they little control, you. and they have control, they and they yeah. know that I'm going to call them out. Exactly. So, because you say what you mean and you mean what you say. Exactly. And when I think about, you know, for me in the intermediate, I was never a chanter right. or a singer <laughs> or yeah, I just, I can't. So with my kids, I, a lot of them had a lack of number sense. Mm -hmm. And so um, counting down to give them a time to kind of go, oh gosh, I've got to have all this put away or done or whatever as we were wrapping up. Um, that was something counting backwards by twos, starting at 15. That right. was a conversation with my kids because they thought you couldn't count <laughs> backwards by twos because I started with 15 and it wasn't an even number. number right. Yeah, that was just, just to show you how big the hole was <laughs> in the number sense world. Um, but in the moment, seriously, um, I didn't do any chanting or anything. I literally just stopped and I would say, I'll just, I'm, I'm going to wait because what you're saying is, is important. Mm -hmm. And if it was something that was important that they needed to ask for the whole group, we would, you know, I'd address it. Mm -hmm. But if it was just about, you know, who you're sitting with at lunch, right. then they realized, oh, oops, not the right time. Yeah, not the right time. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Are you mm -hmm. done? Good, because we've got a lot of work to do. Right. So I talk to my kids differently as I would learn when I would come to kindergarten yes. with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you're, you're spot on with your advice that pick one thing, be consistent, do it, make sure it's something you can commit to, make sure your kids will commit to it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's anchored in modeling in those first four to six weeks. Modeling and consistency, that's what you have to do. Absolutely. You can't express that enough. So I'm looking at our time. It is almost 15 minutes, we All rocked right. it. All right, so um, I'm gonna thank my guest, Mrs. Mellican. Thank Yay, you again. She's gonna be, me. oh my gosh, she's gonna be back for episode four. Yay. So that's it for today. Um, I'll be listening and I hope you will be too. Thank you.